Steve's Weekly Podcast. Hello everybody, welcome to this week's weekly podcast. It is podcast 96 here on Spotify Music, Apple Podcast and Google Podcast. You're listening to Steve's Weekly Podcast. Coming up in this episode, I am going to be talking about everything that's been announced so far on Netflix Geeked Week 2022, which has been taking place across this week. Obviously, that's where Netflix uh, holds these, uh, this big event across the week. And obviously, they announce uh, their lineup of shows, movies, and animation, and all that other stuff as well. Uh, obviously, we'll reveal everything that's been announced there. Uh, also, coming up, I'm going to be revealing the D23 Expo. The schedule has been announced for that. So I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to give my thoughts on a couple of movies that I've been watching this week. And I've got some album reviews coming up as well. And I've even got some breaking news from overnight as well in the form of a Marvel announcement. Actually, I've got two Marvel announcements uh, to talk about. First, actually, let's start with that, actually. Uh, So first of all... First bit of breaking news uh, from overnight is that Marvel Studios is not going to be holding a panel at this year's San Diego Comic Con event. Obviously, they're usually quite big um, at the San Diego Comic Con event. Uh, normally, they're normally like the panel to watch out for. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see who's going to kind of steal the spotlight from Marvel uh, now that they're not going to be attending. Uh, the event. I've just searched up on Google the San Diego Comic Con event. It's going to be taking place uh, from Thursday the 21st of July uh, to Sunday the 24th of July and that's obviously going to be happening in San Diego in the US. Um, So yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is with Marvel Studios, the only thing they could really promote at that uh, San Diego Comic Con event, would they'd probably do maybe some advertising for She-Hulk because that would be coming up on Disney Plus um, in August, and they could also kind of talk about the I Am Groot because this week I Am Groot uh, got announced. Um, the there's going to be five uh, I Am Groot short episodes coming to Disney Plus. I believe it's going to be August the tenth. Um, so again, they could talk about that and give that a little bit of a plug, but other than that though, I mean, I don't really think there is anything else that Marvel could really give away at San Diego Comic Con, so for them to kind of miss out on San Diego Comic Con, I'm okay with that, and I think a lot of other people are okay with that as well, because I think that way it gives other companies a chance to kind of steal the show uh, rather than it being all about Marvel and stuff like that, so yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay with Marvel skipping San Diego Comic Con. Um, I will at some point, probably at the end of July, maybe beginning of August, I will in the weekly podcast cover any announcements uh, that we do get from that San Diego uh, San Diego Comic Con event. I may even end up doing a special weekly podcast to talk about everything that was announced. At the San Diego Comic Con event. Um, yeah. So it is going to be very interesting to see what happens there. Um, but I mean saying that. I mean 
when you think about it, you've got the the San Diego Comic Con event happening at the end of July. A couple of months later, uh, you've got D23. Now, Marvel and Star Wars, for that matter, are both going to be in attendance at D23, where they're expected to announce their theatrical lineup, and they're also expected to announce uh, some upcoming shows for Disney Plus as well. So I'll talk more about D23 a little bit later on the podcast, but I think it's I think it's just right that Marvel does skip San Diego Comic Con, and then that way they can kind of make all their big announcements at D23 later in the year. So. Yeah, I think I think it's a good move for Marvel, but uh, another bit of breaking news that uh, that we've been getting overnight from Marvel is that a Thunderbolts movie is in development. Now, this at all does not surprise me. I do think that for a while I have been thinking this since Falcon and the Winter Soldier got released on Disney Plus last year. I did think to myself, I know what Marvel are doing here. They're lining up a Dark Avengers dash Thunderbolts movie. And that's basically now what they've done. And they've now basically confirmed that a Thunderbolts movie is in the works. Um, I mean, I'm going to look forward to it. It's great that we've got to see some of these characters uh, develop in Disney Plus series. And also in the on the big screen in, in theatres and cinemas around the world. Um so yeah, so that is something I'm definitely looking forward to seeing. Uh, obviously, this is basically Marvel's version of like the Suicide Squad, I guess you could say, from DC. So it will be interesting to see how this movie does play out when it does get released. Could be 2024, maybe even 2025 at the latest. If it's in development now, then yeah, I, I could see it. Maybe start filming it late 2023 early 2024 could see a mid 2025 late 2025 release date for that movie um so yeah so that that's another bit of breaking news that we have had uh overnight in the form of marvel uh so yeah uh by the way can i just say i've just logged into twitter right and one of my um one of my favorite uh gaming uh tech uh article writers or journalists shall we say um and oh there's another one as well actually i've just come across this now this week on june the 8th to celebrate pride month because obviously this month is pride month uh xbox um obviously posted a photo or a video actually a poster video on twitter of their pride controller which by the way Looks very colourful. Looks... Yeah, it, it, it really does stand out, okay? Um, and it definitely does have that pride feeling in within the controller. Now, their tweet on Twitter uh, said this. Our pride controller features 34 flags representing the many LGBTQIA plus communities. Meet some of the amazing people who inspired the design and learn what each flag means here. And then they, of course, posted a link um, as well as a video of the controller. Now, somebody then commented on this uh, Twitter post and said, no one asked for this. 
right? Xbox, the official Xbox account, then tweeted back to this specific person and said, and no one asked for you to reply, but here we are. (laughs) That's brilliant. Honestly, that is just, ah, that shots fired right there is all I can say. Shots were fired. Um, So, yeah, so I'm, I'm, uh, that, that's good. I've just come across another one, actually, that someone, because someone left this in, in this guy's comments, going, this one was also chef's kiss. Um, and, again, you know, the, it, another person commented, going, um, L controller, and then Xbox replied back with, it's actually LGBTQIA+. plus." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh man! Shots have been fired by Xbox. Honestly, shots have been fired. Speaking of Xbox, actually, and I need to get this article up because I think maybe I should cover this. Um, I'm just gonna search Samsung Xbox because, um, yeah, here we go. I will take it from The Verge. Um, yeah, so this is from The Verge, um, but basically this week it has been announced, and no pun intended here, but this, what I'm about to reveal, is absolutely game-changing for the gaming community, I do think, um, but, uh, basically the Xbox game streaming TV app feels almost like the real thing, because it's coming first to Samsung's 2022 TV lineup on June 30th. Uh, so that has been announced um, by Xbox this week, and I'm going to read more um, into it um, because I just find it really, really interesting, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, so let me just uh, bring this up then. Um, right, okay. Uh, right, oh, yeah. here we are. Uh, so yeah, so uh, playing games on the new Xbox app made for TVs feels like a big deal. There's no console and no hidden HDMI streaming device. Yet, in this person's brief hands-on demo, games like Halo Infinite and Forza Horizon 5 loaded quickly. And most importantly, they played well with both xbox and ps5 wireless controllers and if you aren't a game pass subscriber you'll still be able to jump into fortnite immediately through the app for free after you sign in with a microsoft account the app aims to provide a console-like experience to people who don't want the cost and craft of buying and setting up a console it lets you pair a bluetooth headset to hear audio and chat with xbox friends and xbox save data gets synced over the cloud letting you pick up on the tv where you last left off you'll be able to experience it starting june 30th this is if you own a model from one of samsung's fleet of 2022 tvs including the m8 smart monitor and non-flagship smart tvs above model bu8000 the xbox app is launching first within samsung's gaming hub a new section of samsung's tv operating system that gives games the center stage alongside media streaming apps. 
Microsoft is aiming to deliver native 1080p streaming at 60 frames per second and Samsung is using upscaling to make the footage look better. Wiring Ethernet into your TV is, of course, highly recommended to get the best possible fidelity. But during this person's demo, uh, the TV that they were playing on was connected to hotel Wi-Fi and doing a pretty good job. If you play wirelessly, Microsoft recommends connecting to a 5 gigahertz router, which most, routes, uh, which most routers are capable of broadcasting. Compared to uh, this person's experience using xCloud on their Android phone or browser, the interface seemed to glide around a little more smoothly and minor instances of hitching and some noticeable uh, compression aside, it was a perfectly serviceable yet inherently imperfect experience. It's never going to be a one-to-one -one parallel to experiencing the latest games directly from a console. Uh, that can render native 4K or close to it. But in the absence of a console, they'd be smitten to use this TV app instead of loading games on a tablet or phone. Halo looks, sounds and plays like Halo. They were able to line up headshots with just enough accuracy. In Forza Horizon 5, they nailed most of the wild turns they took while speeding down the road. What they're getting at is... That this app feels like it should be good enough to serve as a sole avenue for gaming for a lot of people. The execution is simple and straightforward, but it still feels magical that gaming has arrived at this moment. Microsoft has been gunning to dominate your entertainment centre with consoles for 20 years. And for those who want it, and for now, and for now also owns a 2022 Samsung TV... The best of Xbox will soon be available through a TV app. So there we go. No console required. Just a Microsoft account and the internet. And a, and a 2022 Samsung TV. That is mind-blowing, isn't it? To, to think that you'll be able to play Xbox games through your internet on your Samsung TV... I mean, I mean, this is the first. I mean, there's going to be many other TVs that are going to get this Xbox app, I should imagine. Um, but yeah, it's really good to see that Xbox have teamed up with Samsung um, to 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 make this possible, um, which is great. It is great. Um, anyway, so there we go. That that that's that one. Uh, right, we're going to talk about Netflix Geek Week. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about that. Um, so we're going to start with day one. So obviously we had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We had some announcements. Thursday, which is yesterday, we didn't really get any announcements at all from Netflix. But today at the time of recording this podcast, is it is the final day of Netflix Geeked Week. And they're going to be talking about games now they're talking about the cut uh the cuphead show so maybe we'll get a release date for when part two of the cuphead show comes out maybe even a trailer i'd be happy with a trailer but i'd even be happier with a with a release date because that's the main that's the main one i'm looking forward to seeing i want i want to know when we're going to get more cuphead because that first batch of episodes that i watched you know 
and I did say this previously in the podcast. Um, yeah, I know the show is directly aimed at kids because of it being animation, but I watched it. I didn't find it like you know. I didn't feel like as if it was shouting down to me, like as if I was a kid. Um, I felt like you could watch this even if you're just a, an avid gamer that likes to play video games and likes Cuphead and stuff like that. You could probably sit down and watch this yourself and just go, actually, yeah, you know, this this ain't a bad series. I'll wait until part two comes out and I'll watch part two as well. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. But, um, yeah. Anyway, we're going to talk about, uh, obviously, there's not been any announcements in regards to the Cuphead show at all, because obviously I'm recording this podcast on Friday morning, and uh, I don't think they're going to do any announcements in regards to the video games uh, side of things in terms of Netflix and stuff until, like, later this evening. So, um, yeah. So, what I will do is I will share with you maybe some of the updates from the gaming side of things in next week's uh, weekly podcast. Um, if I am doing one, that is. Because uh, I'm still undecided whether I'm going to do a podcast next week or not. Um, because, well, first of all, it depends if the Disney Plus list is out. If it is for July, which could be possible, then, yeah, I'll, I'll do a podcast. If not, then I'll, I will leave it for, for a week. Because um, I definitely do want to take a week's break from podcasting. I've done so many of these podcasts uh, over the last few well few months that I've not actually taken a break so I need that kind of one week break from doing the podcast um but uh let's talk about Netflix Geek Week though in the meantime uh the first day of Netflix Geek Week 2022 it included looks at the live action One Piece series the upcoming Resident Evil series the long-awaited Sandman adaptation and more so let's find out with all the latest news from day one of the Geeked Week at Netflix. So we're going to start with One Piece. Uh, so the live action adaptation shares set photos and casting news. So of course if you don't know what One Piece is. It's a very very popular and very very long running anime uh, series. Um, so and it's I do believe it's also got some manga as well to go with the series. Um, but Netflix have decided to do a live action adaptation of it. So we're going to see now um, what Netflix has shared in regards to that series. So Netflix shared a first look at its upcoming live action adaptation of One Piece. Showing off some of the enormous life size pirate ship sets. Uh, Inyaki uh, God, uh, Godoy who is playing uh, Luffy. Introduce the clip showing a time lapse of the Barati bar being built piece by piece. We also got some casting news learning uh, Langley Kirkwood, uh, Celeste Lutz, Alexander um, Man Maniatis, uh, Craig Fairbrass, Stephen Ward, and Chioma Umiela uh, are attached to the project. I do apologize for my pronunciations by the way and um, we also got an official trailer and poster for the upcoming resident evil series uh so uh netflix's upcoming resident evil series will include several monsters from the first game as well as a monster that appears to be the tyrant 
The series will take place on two timelines following the lives of Jade and Billy Wesker in New Raccoon City, both before and after the zombie outbreak. The new look showed us zombie dogs, giant spiders and lickers. The show is set to premiere on July 14th. Um, it looks interesting. I'm going to give Resident Evil a watch when it does arrive on Netflix. The Sandman is coming. And we finally got a release date. August 5th. Uh, so the long-awaited adaptation of The Sandman comic is coming to Netflix on August 5th. Along with the release date announcement, we got a new trailer showing Sandman's escape from ca captivity and the ensuing chaos. The show stars Tom Sturridge as Dream, uh, Vivienne Achiampong as uh, Lucien, and Boyd Holbrook as the Corinth Corinthian. Um, also as well, Jenna Coleman uh, from Doctor Who and uh, other shows like Victoria and stuff like that. Uh, she's also going to be making um, an appearance in this series as well. Um, so yeah. We got a first look at Wednesday, the new Adams Family spin-off from Tim Burton. So yeah, we've got our first proper look at Jenna Ortega as Wednesday Adams in Tim Burton's upcoming Adams Family spin-off, appropriately titled Wednesday. The trailer also included Thing, the disembodied hand. In the show, Wednesday is pulled into a murder mystery with major implications for her entire family. Um, of course, we first learned of the series last year when Netflix announced the new eight-episode live-action series. The show is set to debut later this year. It wouldn't at all surprise me if we get this series in October. Um, you know, with it being kind of Halloween, I should imagine we'll get it around about sep maybe end of September or at least in October. But, can I just say, 2022 is Jenna Ortega's year. You know, I mean, look at how she started off the year. You know, she was in Scream, Scream 5, you know, um, and then she ended up being in that movie X as well. And now she's in uh, this new Adams Family spin-off show. So... 2022, I'm telling you now, guys, is the year of General Ortega. There we are. Um, the Umbrella Academy cast uh, discusses the upcoming third season. Um, so, yeah, you can take your first uh, your first look at the Umbrella Academy Season 3, which is coming to Netflix later this month on June 22nd. Uh, the trailer dives into the Hotel Obsidian uh, for an extended look at what's coming later this month. So there we go. You can check out that trailer uh, online. And of course, uh, the Umbrella Academy is going to be coming to Netflix on June 22nd. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities will feature Rupert Grint, Eric Andre and more. Uh, so Netflix shared a new look at Guillermo del Toro's long-awaited eight-episode series uh, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, this horror anthology series, is set to star plenty of recognisable names. And today Netflix added Eric Andre, uh, Sofia Butella, Ismael uh, Cruz Cordova, Rupert Grint and Kate Muschietti uh, to the cast. 
we previously learned the series will feature stories ranging from maca uh, macabre to magical, gothic to grotesque or classically creepy. And the new trailer that got released uh, on Monday seems to live up to that promise. Andrew Lincoln uh, from The Walking Dead is also set to uh, appear in this series as well. Rahu Kohli uh, introduces The Midnight Club, a new series from producers of The Haunting of Hill House. Rahul uh, Kohli, uh, who started Mike Flanagan's Midnight Mass, appeared to introduce The Midnight Club, the next horror series coming from Flanagan. The teaser shows a group of teens in one of Flanagan's classic manners, which Kohli said is shape-shifting, the group gets together to share horror stories every night, eventually finding themselves in a horror story of their own. The cast includes Samantha uh, Sloyan, uh, Zach Gl uh, Gil uh, Guilford, Anara uh, Simone, Igby Rigney, uh, Matt Biadell, uh, and Ka and Kaholi. Uh, Flanagan is also known for working on The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor. So you know this series is going to be spooky. I've never seen both of those shows, by the way. So I think it is on my watch list on Netflix. So I definitely do need to give them a watch. School Tells the series is a horror anthology series from Thailand. We got a look at three different episodes of the upcoming School Tales the series. A horror anthology show coming to Netflix uh, one episode shows the characters trying to debunk the existence of ghosts. Another shows the fallout with angry spirits after the death of a student. And the last teaser showed the lunch lady putting some very questionable ingredients in the school lunch. The Imperfects is a new sci-fi series. Netflix shared a first look at The Imperfects, a brand new sci-fi drama series about young adults being turned into monsters by evil scientists against their will. The teaser shows a look at some of the mutations the main characters have, including transforming into a beast, supersonic singing and more. Sweet Tooth Season 2 shares a behind-the-scenes update. So Sweet Tooth, the show that adapts Jeff Lemire's comic about a young boy with deer-like features, got a behind-the-scenes look for Season 2. The cast and crew have just wrapped up production on Season 2 in New Zealand. Uh, Lock and Key Season 3 gets a teaser trailer. So Lock and Key's third and final season is coming to Netflix on August 10th. And we got a new look at the upcoming episodes. It shows the heroes working to defend the house from a new batch of threats. Darby Statchfield, Connor Jessup, Emilia Jones, uh, Jackson Roberts Scott, Brendan Hines, Sherry uh, Sorm, Kevin uh, Durand and Kobe Bird are set, to, are set to appear in the final season. Uh, Fate the Winks Saga Season 2 clip reveals new character. So Fate the Winks Saga focuses on magical teens at a magical boarding school and we got a quick teaser look at the new season the uh, the video showed a look at Paulina Chavez uh, Earth Fairy Flora Fate uh, season 2 will debut this autumn Warrior Nun first look at season 2 so Warrior Nun is based on the 90s comic series Warrior Nun Arela uh, 
Um, and we got our first look at season two. It follows a 19-year-old woman who awakens in a morgue and discovers she has superpowers. The season two clip shows more action and shows Alba Baptista's uh, Ava Silva running on water. Shadow and Bonecast returns with season two update. So Shadow and Bone was renewed for season two during uh, Netflix Geek Week 2021. And the cast returned this year to hype us, uh, hype, hype us up for the new set of episodes. Production has wrapped on the uh, second season of the beloved uh, fantasy uh, adaptation. Um, so yeah, so there we go. Uh, Manifest Season 4 sneak peek clip revealed. So Josh Dallas, who plays Ben Stone in Manifest, appeared to announce the upcoming fourth season of the show, the 10-episode season will be released across two parts following the crew and passengers of Montego Air Flight 828 who land to find that the world had aged five years during their absence. Vikings Valhalla shares a season one blooper reel. Vikings Valhalla has been renewed for both season two and season three, but Netflix isn't ready to pull the curtain back on the series just yet. Instead, they shared a light-hearted blooper reel from the show's first season. Barbarians 2 is coming to Netflix this autumn. Barbarian Season 2 is coming to Netflix in the autumn and we got a teaser of the upcoming series. It will pick up after Season 1's big battle between the Romans and the Barbarians. The new teaser was short but it implied plenty of fighting and bloodshed to, co uh, bloodshed to come. All of Us Are Dead renewed for Season 2. All of Us Are Dead is a Korean coming-of-age zombie series based on a webtoon titled Now at Our School. Netflix has confirmed the series is returning for Season 2. Alice in Borderland Season 2, first look images. Alice in Borderland is coming back for Season 2, and we got a first look at some new images from the show. The series follows gamers and his two friends transported to a parallel version of Tokyo, where they're forced to compete in a series of sadistic games. Uh, games to survive. 1899, Emily Beecham reveals teaser for upcoming series. Another brand new series coming to Netflix. 1899 is a mystery horror series starring Emily Beecham. Uh, the show is coming from the creators of Dark and it largely appears to take place on a ship at sea. Uh, so there we go. So that is a lot of stuff being lined up for um, for the, the series side of things um at netflix so i'm looking forward to seeing some of these shows i'm glad that some of these shows are getting a season two as well uh or you know or have been renewed for a new series and stuff uh which is really really good now day two took place on tuesday this week and of course it was all about the movies uh that are coming to netflix so day two of netflix geeked week 2022 was all about movies we got a look at Jamie Foxx's Day Shift, Chris Hemsworth's Spiderhead, and more. So, let's have a look. So, the Grey Man will see Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling face off. Uh, the Grey Man stars two A-list actors in Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling, and the film will pit the two against each other. The actors play two of the world's best assassins tasked with hunting each other down. The movie got an extended panel 
at Geek Week from Anthony and Joe Russo, who haven't worked with Evans since the days of Avengers. Animated film The Sea Beast from the filmmaker of Moana and Big Hero 6. Uh, so Chris Williams, uh, director of Big Hero 6 and Moana, is making a new animated film for Netflix called The Sea Beast, uh, starring Azarius Angel Hater and Carl Urban. The plot follows a young girl who stows away on a pirate ship and ends up stranded on an island filled with unique creatures. The movie is coming to select uh, theatres in the coming weeks and will join Netflix's lineup on July 8th. Troll is a new movie coming from uh, the Tomb Raider director. Raw uh, Uthorg, director of the 2018 Tomb Raider uh, film, is working on a new movie uh, for Netflix called Troll. A teaser trailer debuted showing a group of people discovering, you guessed it, a giant troll. The John Wick creative team is working on a vampire movie with Jamie Foxx. Day Shift stars uh, Jamie Foxx, who plays a vampire hunter, uh, in what looks to be an action-packed film. The movie is coming from uh, Chad uh, Stahelski, who directed all three John Wick films, which are known for their intense action sequences. Uh, the look uh, gave a behind-the-scenes teaser at some of the fight scenes. Day Shift will stream on Netflix beginning August 12th. Spanish slasher Killer Book Club teased. So Killer Book Club is a new Spanish slasher film with mysterious teens and a creepy clown. Um, the, uh, this book club doesn't just read, they also commit crimes, escape the law and pass the blame around. Blasted is a sci-fi comedy with laser gun alien combat. Uh, described as the hangover plus hot fires plus UFOs, Blasted is a sci-fi comedy that takes place at the start of a massive alien invasion. The group of heroes blast the aliens with laser guns uh, in a battle for the Earth. Blasted is coming to Netflix on June 28th. I mean, to be honest, the fact that, you know, they've they've described this as the hangover, hot fuzz and UFOs. Well, I like hot fuzz. I also like the hangover. I've never seen UFOs, though, so I'm not too sure on that one. But the fact that, you know, we, we've got that. Um, yeah, I'm 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 in I'm interested. I'm I am interested in in giving this one a watch. So I will definitely give Blasted a watch when that does come to Netflix uh, on uh, June 28th. So that's a couple of weeks away. Um, so I should imagine, you know what? Probably at the beginning of July on the uh, weekly podcast, I will probably give my thoughts um, on that movie um, because at that point I would have definitely have given it a watch. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Um, and then, of course, we have then got uh, uh, Zom 100 Bucket List of the Dead Revealed. So, inspired by a horror comedy manga series of the same name, Zom 100 Bucket List of the Dead is a zombie movie about a man whose dull life is turned upside down when a zombie outbreak comes to his town. To be honest, that does sound kind of wild. Um, that really does sound kind of wild, to be honest with you. So, I'm looking forward to it. Um, 
yeah, so it doesn't actually give away a release date, so which is a shame. Um, so I'm hoping that it does come um, to Netflix at some point in the near future, because again, that would probably be another movie that I would uh, definitely give a watch. Um, okay. So, uh, Wendell and Wild is a stop-motion film co-written by Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele, known for his horror films like Get Out and Us, is co-writing a new stop-motion film about a young girl who stumbles across some paranormal activity in her school. The teaser shows her opening a drawer to discover a teddy bear who appears to have been corrupted. The movie is coming to Netflix this October. Hmm. Very interesting. Spiderhead is Black Mirror meets Shutter Island. Based on George Saunders' short story, Spiderhead is about a correctional facility that allows inmates to shorten their sentences by participating in drug trials. The movie stars Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller, and it's coming to Netflix on June 17th, so that's a week today. Zack Snyder and Sophia Boutella appear from the set of Rebel Moon. Zack Snyder is working on Rebel Moon, a new sci-fi epic for uh, for Netflix. And the director appeared to share a quick teaser of a brand new creature for the film. Earlier this spring, Snyder posted images from the Rebel Moon set. Rebel Moon started as a Star Wars concept that Snyder worked into an original concept after Disney purchased Lucasfilm. The School for Good and Evil gets a teaser trailer. The School for Good and Evil got a quick teaser trailer. And the movie is coming to Netflix this September. The movie is based on a book series about a school where students are trained to be either heroes or villains. Interceptor behind the scenes footage shows off its intense action. Interceptor, a new movie streaming right now on Netflix, features Captain J.J. Collins, uh, Elsa uh, Pataki, as one woman... Uh, against a group of mercenaries led by a corrupt former intelligence officer, Luke Bracey. Um, so, yeah, you can watch the uh, behind-the-scenes featurette online right now. Uh, so, there we go. So, that's everything that's that was announced uh, from day two. We're now going to take a look at day three, which was, of course, all about animation. Um... So let me just, uh, here we go. So from a release date for the upcoming Cyberpunk animated show to a brand new announcement for Masters of the Universe fans, there was a lot of love from, uh, a lot to love from day three of Netflix Geek Week. Uh, so starting with Cyberpunk, Edge Runners uh, will premiere this September. So the upcoming Cyberpunk Edge, Red, Edge Runners uh, will debut on Netflix in September. The trailer showed several chaotic clips of the anime with violence that matches its video game counterpart. The anime is connected to Cyberpunk 2077 with their new clip of the show taking place in the same spot as the pickup mission from the game. Uh, Masters of the Universe Revolution is an all-new He-Man story. Uh, so Masters of the uh, Universe Revolution is a sequel to last year's Masters of the Universe Revelation. Kevin Smith is returning to executive produce the series, which is described as a brand new story in the battle for Eternia. Netflix says the show brings the focus to He-Man versus Skeletor like you've never seen them before. Only a few teaser images were shown and the voice cast has yet to be announced. 
First image of Skull Island animated series revealed. So we got our first, our first look at a single image from the upcoming Skull Island animated adventure series. The show will follow a group of shipwrecked characters working to escape Skull Island, which is inhabited by Kong. The animation is being handled by Powerhouse Animation, the same studio that worked on Netflix's Castlevania. The image shown is of a lone footprint in the sand, presumably left by none other than Kong himself. Uh, Junji Ito's Maniac coming to Netflix next year. A new series based on Junji Ito's uh, Japanese tales of the Macabre uh, is in development and will come to Netflix uh, next year. Ito is known for his horror manga, uh, Uzumaki. Not much of the new series was shown, but you can definitely expect it to be creepy. Inside Job second season has been announced that Inside Job, the adult workplace cartoon about conspiracy theories, has been renewed for a second season. Netflix shared a first look at the upcoming season, taking place outside the White House front lawn. The Dragon Prince Season 4 starts the next phase of the saga. Netflix provided um, a first look at Season 4 of The Dragon Prince, which kicks off what they're calling the mystery of Aravos. Uh, there's still plenty of story to be told in the world of The Dragon Prince. As we already know, the show has been renewed at Netflix all the way through to Season 7. Arcane, bridging the rifts look inside the making of the series. Arcane was one of the biggest animated hits of last year and while the League of Legends series isn't returning for season 2 quite yet Riot is sharing a behind the scenes look at the making of the series it's called Arcane Bridging the Rift and it is coming soon to the Riot Games YouTube page additionally Netflix has added Arcane profile icons available on the service starting from now Intergalactic vo uh, full voice cast has been revealed so, Enter Galactic is a brand new series following a young man's journey to discover love. And Netflix unveiled the voice cast for the upcoming show. The show stars uh, Kid Cudi and also includes appearances from uh, Jessica Williams, Timothy Cham uh, Chalamet, uh, Vanessa Hudgens, Macaulay Culkin and more. We, got, we also got a first look at the show revealing an art style reminiscent of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Farzar is a new adult sci-fi comedy series from the creators of Paradise PD. Farzar is a new comedy series coming to Netflix this July. It follows a group of humans, robots and aliens battling evil aliens. The trailer shown uh, featured uh, plenty of profanity, nudity and other kinds of adult humour. Exception First Look Images. Exception is a new dystopian sci-fi anime series from Japan. The show was announced during last year's Geeked Week event. And this year, Netflix showed off five images for the series. The images showed a few of the alien characters and hinted at themes of space travel. Seven Deadly Sins, The Grudge of Edinburgh Part 1 is coming December 2022. Netflix shared teaser art for the upcoming Seven Deadly Sins, The Grudge of Edinburgh, uh, Part 1. This is an upcoming two-part film inspired by the Seven Deadly Sins anime series. The movie is coming to Netflix this December. Uncle from Another World, first look images. So, uncle from Another World is about a young man's uncle 
who wakes up after a 17-year coma. He awakens with magical powers and a newfound love for video games. The new series is coming this July, and Netflix revealed a handful of first-look images. So there we go. So that was from day three. And then day four, which was yesterday, Thursday the 9th of June, uh, Stranger Things is one of the uh, hot topics on the internet right now following the drop of Stranger Things 4 Volume 1 last month. So it's no surprise Netflix dedicated an entire day of its Geeked Week event to one of, the, one of its most popular shows. Uh, so there was a volume, t uh, volume 2 teaser shown. So while it wasn't a brand new look at Stranger Thing, uh, Stranger Thing 4's upcoming Volume 2, Netflix re-aired the teaser attached to the end of Volume 1 that dropped alongside the final episode. You can watch it um, online or at the end of Volume 1 uh, to get an idea of what to expect when Volume 2 drops in July. Um, but yeah, most of uh, yesterday's stream was the official after show for the first part of Stranger Things fourth season. The event featured interviews with the Duffer Brothers, uh, Winona Ryder, David Harbour, Millie Bobby Brown, Finn Wolfhard, uh, Gator Matarazzo, uh, Caleb McLaughlin, uh, Sadie Sink, Joe Keery, Maya Hawke, Priya Ferguson, Joseph Quinn and more. It was a full spoiler discussion you shouldn't watch until you're all caught up with stranger things 4 in all honesty i've not caught up with stranger things 4 yet i know i should i should be on the final episode by now the funny thing is is when was it was it tuesday this week wednesday this week i think it might have been tuesday tuesday this week i was in bed and i was watching episode 4 of Stranger Things. Now, that episode has been getting so much popularity online because apparently Sadie Sink, she completely steals that episode, right? Um, and I absolutely love Sadie Sink. I think she's a phenomenal actress. You know, I've seen her uh, do a couple of roles outside of Stranger Things as well. And I just think, you know, for her, I think, I think she really does have a bright future um, ahead of her, you know, especially with her being a 20-year-old actress, you know, I, I do think she does do her character of Max uh, really well in Stranger Things. So, I, yeah, so, yeah, I was, I was really looking forward to seeing Sadie Sink steal that episode of Stranger Things, you know, and I got about 20 minutes maybe half an hour into the episode. And because I was laying in bed, I ended up falling asleep. So, it was, uh, admittedly, it was late, okay? It was quite late. It was around about half past nine. Obviously, I'd been to work that day and stuff like that. So, yeah. So, I kind of missed um, that episode. So, I am going to go back and watch it um, because I do need to catch up with Stranger Things. Um, and I'm hopefully by the next time i do a podcast i would be all caught up with with stranger things i'll be able to give you my thoughts on the series so far as well um and then yeah and then i've only got to wait a couple of weeks then until the uh until the the, the last two episodes drop on netflix 
So, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, anyway, other than that, though, that was everything that got announced, though, at Netflix Geeked Week. Like I say, today, Friday the 10th of June, a little bit later on this evening, uh, they're going to be doing some, like, um, they're going to be doing some announcements on things that are based on, like, uh, video games and stuff. So I'm just going to very quickly take a look because um, I need to just see what is expected to be announced day schedule here we go uh i've got the schedule right here so um tuesday wednesday thursday friday so friday's roaster will feature their upcoming games department uh so yeah so i think uh it's going to be taking place at 6 p.m this evening i think it will be yeah 6 p.m uh, this evening here in the UK is when you can uh, catch up with the game showcase. Um, so, yeah, they're going to do the Cuphead Show table read um, at 7pm. Uh, they're going to do something based on like Resident Evil as well. Um, and then around about 8pm this evening, uh, they're going to be doing a Geek Week podcast live. Best of Geek Week. Um, so yeah, so that's, so that's everything that's going to be coming up. Um, I mean, I would kind of hope and pray that they do announce some bits in regards to, um, the Cuphead show, maybe, you know, announce the second season, but then I would have thought they would have, I would have thought they would have announced that during the animation part, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. So... But there we go. Um, yeah, so there we are. So that was uh, Netflix Geek Week for you. Now I'm going to move on and talk about D23. I was going to talk about D23, but now I've just lost the page. Um, basically, D23 is a massive Disney fan exp um, expo. It's taking place in California. Um, of course, it's going to be it's going to be coming up in September, September 9th, right through until uh, September 11th, I believe it was. I think I've just seen the dates. Yeah, September 11th. Um, so I'm looking forward to that weekend because obviously there's going to be a lot of announcements coming out of that in regards to Disney. Uh, obviously, the day before that, don't forget, we have also got Disney Plus Day as well happening. And of course, there's going to be a lot of announcements uh, coming up in regards to Disney Plus Day as well. Um, so, yeah, so I'll be covering all of that. Um, I may even end up delaying that podcast in September to maybe Monday the 12th of September so that I can cover everything that was announced at Disney Plus Day and I can also cover everything that was announced um, on um well during the d23 expo as well so but uh disney has announced the lineup of the most highly anticipated presentations at d23 expo 2022 which is taking place from september 9th right through until september 11th disney 100 kicks off at the biggest disney fan event in the world celebrating 100 years of wonder as the Walt Disney Company enters its second century. The festivities begin Friday morning, September 9th, with the Disney Legends Awards ceremony. 
and a kickoff to Disney 100. Later that same day, the Walt Disney Studios will showcase what's on the horizon from Walt Disney Animation Studios, Pixar Animation Studios and Disney Live Action. On Saturday morning, the studios will give fans a sneak peek at the latest from Marvel and Lucasfilm. Saturday afternoon, Disney-branded television will uh, will preview their exciting slate. On Sunday morning, fans will get a preview of what's in store at Disney parks, experiences and products, and that afternoon, guests will enjoy a special presentation of Disney Princess, the concert. These incredible presentations will take place in Hall D23, the 6,900-seat venue located in Hall D of the Anaheim uh, Convention Center. The schedule of Hall D23 events and presentations is as follows. Uh, All events subject to change and additional events to be announced in the coming weeks. So we're going to start with Friday the 9th of September then. So Disney 100 kicks off at D23 Expo on Friday, September 9th at 10.30am with an epic presentation that includes the Disney Legend Award Ceremony featuring Disney CEO Bob Chapek. Legends will once again honour those uh, visionaries and artists who have made significant contributions to the Disney legacy. Look for the names of the 2022 inductees uh, to be announced in the coming weeks. On Friday at 3.30pm, guests will be treated to new details, first looks, sneak peeks, surprises and announcements regarding upcoming theatrical and Disney Plus titles from Disney Live Action, Pixar Animation Studios and Walt Disney Animation Studios. Studio heads, filmmakers and cast members will come together Um, on stage with the inside scoop on some of these studios' most exciting titles. Saturday the 10th of September, filmmakers, celebrity talent and surprise guests join representatives from Marvel Studios and Lucasfilm, among others, on stage in Hall D23 to showcase theatrical and Disney Plus titles on Saturday, September 10th at 10am, going behind the scenes of the studio's highly anticipated films, specials and series. Attendees will see exclusive footage and be among the first to learn what's in the works. I should imagine that some of the press will be at these D23 events, so it wouldn't at all surprise me if we do get some of these first looks or what's in the works at Marvel and Star Wars, I shouldn't. Ima- I should imagine they will also get announced online as well. So yeah, we'll we'll see about that one. Uh, Disney pra- uh, Disney branded television, home to some of the most iconic stories and characters in the Disney canon, including Peabody Award winners Doc McStuffins and the Owl House and culture-defining movie franchises like High School Musical and Descendants presents an exclusive showcase of upcoming content uh, that will carry on the legacy of excellence in storytelling with a look at the new Disney Plus original series National Treasure, American-born Chinese and The Santa Claus. 
On Saturday afternoon at 3.30pm, the showcase will include talent appearances and never-before-seen sneak previews of original content for Disney+, Disney Channel and Disney Junior. On Sunday the 11th of September at 10.30am, join Disney Parks Experience and Products Chairman Joss D, uh, Diamaro for a look at Disney's boundless future with announcements and updates on the magic happening around the uh, around the world in parks, on the high seas, at home and beyond. Attendees will get a behind-the-scenes look at the big dream of Disney Imagineers. Every Disney fan will want to be a part of this special presentation full of exciting news and surprises. Sunday afternoon at 4.15pm, uh, Disney Concerts presents a special performance of Disney Princess, the concert featuring Tony nominee uh, Susan uh, Susan Egan, Broadway's original Belle in Beauty and the Beast, Megan Disney's animated feature Hercules, uh, Broadway.com Audience Award nominee Isabel McCalla, uh, that's Princess Jasmine in Aladdin, uh, The Prom, Disney Channel star Annalisa van der Poel from That's So Raven, Raven's Home, Broadway's Final Bell in Beauty and the Beast, and Broadway uh, Broadway World Award winner uh, Sid, Cindy Winters from Broadway's Nala in the Lion King, Hamilton, music director Benjamin uh, Rahula, Fiddler on the Roof, The Secret Life of Bees, and Enchanting Prince Adam J. Levi, uh, Moulin Rouge, will also join the quartet. The acclaimed cast will perform favourite Disney princess um, and Frozen songs, including classics such as Part of Your World, Let It Go, A Whole New World, Colours of the Wind, and Almost There. The performers will share exclusive, hilarious, um, and heartfelt behind-the-scenes stories from uh, their time on stage and screen. So there we go. Um, yeah, so that is the schedule um, for D23. Um, that's going to be taking place later this year. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm not going to be attending the event, sadly, myself. But I'm looking forward to seeing what we, what information we are going to be getting out of D23. I should imagine that some of the first looks at some of the upcoming shows and movies and stuff, I'm sure we're going to be getting those first looks online maybe at some point during that weekend. Um, but yeah, this is a major Disney expo. Um, this is, this is like the major Disney fan events, basically. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what gets announced. Um, and more excitingly, what's going to be announced at Disney Plus Day as well, which is happening the day before D23. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where, uh, what, what is going to be announced and, yeah, what what's what's coming up really? What is going to be coming up? So, really, I'm looking forward to it. Um, anyway, uh, what I am now going to do is I'm now gonna talk about uh some other bits and pieces. Uh, for example, um, hold on one sec. Yep. Yeah, uh, so for example, uh, the, the past couple of weeks I've been listening to some albums in the form of, um. In the form of Liam Gallagher and Todrick Hall. Now, what I can say about uh, both of those albums is they are fantastic. Obviously, they are very different um, in each and every way. Um, they are very different, for sure. 
but uh, they are really, really fantastic, um, and I absolutely love them. I'm going to give you some of my favourites from um, from both albums. I'm going to start with um, with I'm going to start with Liam Gallagher first, as his album was the first to be released. I'm just going to bring that one up for you now, so I can actually talk about that. Um, before I do that, actually, I've got a very quick announcement to make in regards to Robbie Williams, actually, this week. Um, because it's been a while since he last uh, released an album. He, I think he last released an album um, just before the pandemic hit. Um, I think the last album he released was his Christmas album. So, yeah, which was... Yeah, which was just before the pandemic. But he is back. He is back with a brand new album coming out September 6th. It's called XXV, uh, which means 25 in Roman numer uh, num uh, numericals, I guess you could say. Uh, but yeah, he's back with uh, his uh, XXV. It's celebrating 25 years of his music. Um... I mean, I, I absolutely love I absolutely love his music. Um, to be honest, it's very pop like. You know, I I grew up listening to him, and you know, and yeah, I, I just love I just love his music. I really really do love his music. Um, you know, he has he has performed some really good songs over the years. Um, you know, Phil, Rock DJ, Angels, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, I I really do like and so for those wondering what he's doing with this new album. Is he's basically re-recorded every song, well, not every song, but a lot of his songs that have made the charts over the years. He's re-recorded it with a orchestra, um, so it's got more of a kind of orchestral kind of feel to it. Um, he also released Angels as well along with the album announcement so i gave that one a listen um to earlier this week it was actually quite nice um you know it was it was quite a nice it was quite a nice song actually um but yeah i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what other songs he's i mean i have got the track listing here actually um so so this is this is the this is the release. So it's coming out the 9th of September. So he's done so he's re-recorded Let Me Entertain You, Come Undone, Love My Life, Millennium, The Road to Mandalay, Tripping, Bodies, Candy, Supreme, Strong, Eternity, No Regrets, She's the One, Feel, Rock DJ kids angels which obviously you can listen to right now uh and then there is some other songs on here as well which um are brand new as well uh so i think lost is a brand new one nobody someday is a brand new one and then we go back to some other classic ones lazy days hot fudge sexed up um, and then you've got more than this. Disco Symphony is a brand new one. Uh, Better Man. Home Thoughts from Abroad. The World and Her Mother. Into the Silence. And Angels. Beethoven Alternative as well. So there's 29 tracks 
on this album to celebrate 25 years of Robbie Williams as a solo artist. Obviously, he was originally in the band Take That. Uh, and then he obviously then went off and did his own solo career. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. It comes out September 9th. I will definitely be listening to that album on September 9th. Um, hopefully, it's it's going to be really, really good. Um, and I can't wait to listen to these these new versions, shall we say, of some uh, some classic tunes that I obviously grew up listening to. So, yeah. Uh, right, anyway, so going back to Liam Gallagher then, uh, I'm going to give you my thoughts on some of his favourite songs, okay? Uh, now, obviously, a lot of the... A lot of the, Some of the songs I kind of listened to, because uh, obviously he did release a couple of them um, before the album got released a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so, Come On You Know is a great one. I like Come On You Know. Come on, you know. Come on, you know. Uh, better Days. I like Better Days. There'll be better days. Um, oh, Sweet Children. That's a good one. Uh, More Power. More Power is brilliant. More Power is absolutely, insanely brilliant. Um... You know what? I'm gonna play. I'm just gonna play the beginning of that song, right? Um, right now, I'm gonna play the beginning of that song because it is. It's just absolutely brilliant. Uh, when I can bring it up. Um, here we go. Um, hang on. Liam Gallagher. Right. This is this is the beginning of more power. Um, so yeah, so that, that was, uh, that one, More Power. I like that one. That, what a beginning of an album that is, eh? What an absolute beginning of a song that is. Um, 
And so, yeah, so I, I do quite like that album. Honestly, it is a great album. Uh, there is a couple of other songs as well. Too Good for Giving Up. It was not meant to be as well. Those tracks are absolutely amazing. Um... So yeah, so Come On You Know is available to uh, listen to on Apple Music, Spotify Music, Amazon Music as well, and you can buy it um, in all good retailers, on vinyl, I should imagine, on CD, and you can also uh, get it through iTunes and uh, Google Play. Uh, Todrick Hall is the next one. Now, this album got released on June the 1st. Now, obviously, this is called Algorithm. Algorithm is what it's called. Um, this is very, very, you know, like this is, I don't know, like this is definitely an LGBT uh, kind of album. This definitely is, I mean, Todrick Hall is definitely an artist that loves to celebrate pride, I guess you could say. And I'm not going to lie, I do enjoy some of this artist's music. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's just catchy, you know? I, I more listen to it because of its catchiness. There's one song in particular, though, that I absolutely love, right? Um, let me let me try and see if I can get to where I want it to be. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what, let me, I'll play you it. Let me play you this. It's called Breathe, right, by Todrick Hall. I'm going to play it up to the chorus, okay, or just after the chorus. Use my favourite duck I love that song. I absolutely do. I, I think it's a really, really good song. And it definitely does show off Todrick Hall's vocals. You know. Um, I love it. I do love it. Um, there is a couple of other songs on there as well that I do like. Uh, Sorry Barbie. I like that one. Um, Gay Excellence is another one that I absolutely love. Skipping on Stars is another great one as well. Um, I'd even say Prima Donna. Prima Donna is a good one as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're more like kind of dance anthems, I guess you could say. But they're, they're great. And uh, it definitely is one of those songs that, or one of these albums that definitely uh, somebody from the L LGBT community would definitely be listening to. Especially this month. Um, especially this month. With it being Pride Month. I mean, I'm listening to this album on repeats. I love it. I think it's a great album. Um, but there we go. 
And I'm not from the LGBT community as well. So, you know. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Um, it's a guilty pleasure, you know. I mean, this 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 song's catchy by Todrick Hall. This is you know what, right? I first got introduced to Todrick Hall last year, right? Now the reason being is because I saw the trailer, and I think it was for Just Dance 2022, right? I saw a trailer, and they used Todrick Hall's song called "Nails, Hair, Lips at uh, Nails, Hair, Hips, Hills," right? I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll give this a listen. And then I listened to it, and I was like, actually, yeah, this is a a very catchy song. And then I found out that there was um, another album that he'd done called Femuline. And then, obviously, after that... (coughs) Excuse me. Um, Sorry about that. (coughs) Oh, excuse me. Sorry, I'm just sneezing. Um, Yeah, and then after that, I, I listened to this album... And I was like, well, actually, yeah, there's, again, some more catchy songs on this album. Um, you know, if I look at the Femuline album, I mean, I like Fabulosity, Queen, Click Clack, Fashion, um, and Boys in the Ocean. You know, those are my, those are my, those are my favourites uh, from that. So, yeah. Oh, they've got a remix of Queen. I'm not going to listen to it. I, I I love the I love the original version. But this one though, Nails Hair Hips Hills. Just listen to this. When it comes up. Here we go. Here we go. It's already catchy. Nails, hair, hips, heels, ass, fat, lips, real, purse, full, big bills, bitch. I'm a big deal. Legs, legs, face, eyes, thin, waist, thick, thighs, you. Ah, oh, what a guilty pleasure song that is. <laughs> what a guilty pleasure song that is, honestly. Um, yeah, anyway, so yeah, if you want to listen to... Uh, <laughs> if you want to listen to uh, to Todrick Hall, um, a new album, Algorithm, again, you can buy it uh, in all good retailers. Uh, you can also buy it on iTunes, Google Play, and you can also listen to it on Spotify Music, Apple Music, and amazon music as well just search for todrick hall i love both albums honestly uh, i really really do love both albums uh, so there we go so i just thought i'd give you my thoughts on some of my favorite songs from um from that album so uh, from both of those albums so there we are um yeah and like i say i'm looking forward to robbie williams in september yeah september looking forward to it you know if he ever performed if he ever ever performed in bournemouth i'd actually go and see him i'm not i'm not kidding i'd actually buy tickets to go and see him um 
I actually would. Um, because I just I just love his music. I really do. Um, I remember a couple of years ago he did. Then he ended up performing in Southampton, which is like really not not that far from me. And I got a bit devastated because I was like, oh, he's he's so close. But yeah, I'm you know I'm here, and I never got tickets. So yeah. Uh, right. Anyway, I oh yeah, I was going to talk about some movies. Um, actually, I was going to discuss about some movies. Um, because uh. What is it? Uh, yeah, I saw two movies this week. Now, I am planning to watch some movies over the weekend. Um, and I'm going to give my thoughts on those movies. Um, oh, really? Why have I been signed out of my letterbox? What's happened here? Oh, it's okay. I do. Rem- I think I remember my sign-in details. I hope this is the right one. Uh, I've been signed out of my letterbox. Why? Is this the right one? Oh, please be. Oh, yeah, it is. Don't worry. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, So, yeah. So, I watched two movies this week. I went to the cinema to watch one of them. The other one, I watched from the comfort of my home. Um, Excuse me. So, I watched this week Dashcam and Men. Right? Both horror movies. Both horror movies. Okay? I also watched Host as well. Now, I'll I'll give you my thought. I'll give you my thoughts on Host very quick, okay? Now, Host is actually a movie that was made back in 2020. This was during the pandemic. um, And the entire movie was filmed via a screen recording device, and it was also filmed using Zoom, okay? And it was basically about these bunch of girls that end up having this kind of uh, seance um, happen, um, like an online seance um, happened, and then all this paranormal stuff happens in their home. It is a little bit freaky, I'm not going to lie, but for a movie that was made during the pandemic, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, the, the the director that made Host also made Dashcam. And I'm not going to lie, okay? Out of the two movies, I personally prefer Dashcam to Host, you know? But, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll tell you why in a minute. Because I'm going to give you my thoughts on Dashcam in a moment. But... With this movie, though, with this movie, I I did enjoy it. It it was very short. It was about an hour and five minutes. Um, you know, at the beginning of the movie, you see all the friends, and they're like, you know, and I think you get kind of like five ten minutes into the movie, and then all these like girls are like, oh, listen, I need to go to the toilet. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna pop to the loo. You're just kind of sat there like. Okay, are you girls going to come back? Like, literally, come on, you know, this movie is only an hour and five minutes, you know. Um, <laughs> and then off there, you had some guy come on the video call, and then he was like, hey, I'm going to show you around. And I'm just like, look, can we just get on with the with the seance? You know, this movie is only an hour and five minutes, you know. By the time you've done the seance, I'll be seeing the, the credits, you know, for this movie. And I just feel like I'd, I would have just got trolled. 
you know, into thinking, yeah, this this is a horror movie, you know. Um, but no, I did see the trailer beforehand, though. The trailer didn't look too bad, which is why I decided to purchase it on Amazon Prime, uh, along with Dashcam, because I wanted to give... Um, I wanted to give Host a watch, and to be honest, I watched it after I watched Dashcam. But to be honest, out of the, t I'm kind of glad I did because I could kind of compare the two because they're directed by the same person. So yeah, so I I did I I will admit I did prefer Dashcam to this movie. I mean, Host is a great movie. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but it is creepy in some ways. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It definitely felt like I was on that Zoom call with those with those ladies. It definitely felt like that. You know? I felt like at any given moment someone might walk in my room and go, Hey, who are you on who are you video calling? You know, because, yeah. Who who are these who are these women that you're video calling right now? What are they doing? You know. Why is there some really weird, messed up stuff going on in their house? Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, in all seriousness though, I enjoyed it. It was alright, you know. But, let me talk about Dashcam. Uh, now, Dashcam was made by Blumhouse. Yes, a my favourite horror movie production company, Blumhouse. Love Blumhouse. Let me give you my thoughts on Dashcam. Okay, let me give you my thoughts on that movie because be prepared for this, by the way. Um, where is it? Here it is, Dashcam. So, okay, this this is what I thought of the movie. Uh, so, one of the greatest movies I've seen all year so far. I gave this movie a chance as I purchased to buy and keep on Amazon Prime. And now... I don't regret buying and keeping this movie on digital. The acting in this was superb. And I just love the horror elements and the craziest scenes I have seen in a horror movie. It was something fresh, something different. And once again, it was a movie made by my all-time favourite horror movie production company in the form of Blumhouse Productions. It was all told from the perspective of... Of a woman's live stream that she was doing. Even though there were moments in the movie where the live stream cuts out. And you no longer see the viewers in the stream or the comments from those particular viewers rolling in. But you still see the action happening on screen. It's a really great film. And there is some anti-liberal and anti-Covid messaging thrown into the mix of this movie as well. This movie was also filmed in England... Uh, which took me by surprise, but either way, love this movie, would definitely go back and give this movie a watch again. And, I d yeah, I, I do agree. I do agree I will go and give this movie a watch once again on Amazon Prime. I've purchased it to buy and keep. I don't regret I don't regret buying it because it is a fantastic movie, you know. I took the chance. I took the chance, you know. I spent £10 of my money on that movie to give it a chance because I had nowhere else of seeing it apart from through Amazon Prime. I mean, yeah, I could have rented it, but, you know, I, I, I prefer buying because this is the thing with rentals. You get 30 days to watch the movie. If you don't watch it within the first 48 hours, 
of the movie. And then you get, I think after that, you get given, like, when you start pressing play, you then have 48 hours to finish the rest of the movie. So, you know, yeah, I just, I mean, I prefer buying and keeping a movie rather than renting it, to be honest. I don't think I've ever rented a movie. I don't think I ever have rented a movie. Um, so, yeah. So, that's my thoughts on Dashcam. Absolutely loved the movie. Okay. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Now, the next movie I watched was at the cinema. And, uh, oh, what a movie this was. Oh, what a movie this was. Uh, this movie was done by A24. Now, A24 are, I'm going to say it, are really well known for doing folk horror. Um, and, you know, they have, I will admit, Blumhouse have never done this to me, right? Blumhouse have never made me walk out the cinema feeling slightly... I don't know, slightly horrified, shall we say, by what I've witnessed on the big screen in front of me. But this is something that A24 can actually do. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I watched the movie Men at the cinema this week. Um, and I've not, I'm not the only one that I know that has gone to see the movie. Um, my friend Kieran, I spoke to him on Skype last night. He saw the movie himself. He said that, you know, it was quite disturbing and very uncomfortable viewing at times, which is how I felt. I mean, I came out of the cinema feeling quite uncomfortable after watching the movie. Cause I was just like, what on earth have I just witnessed on the big screen? Uh, an Instagram follower actually also uh, went and saw the movie yesterday. And I commented on her post, and I'll talk about that in a moment. Let me give you my thoughts on the movie first, okay? Because I think that's going to be vitally important. I, I do give my thoughts on this movie. So I gave this movie a watch at the cinema recently. And I must say that this movie for me was rather disturbing in a lot of places. Especially towards the end. I don't know what it is about A24, which is the movie production company behind this movie. And many more messed up movies I have seen in the past, uh, such as Midsummer, for example. But they always make me, uh, they always make the movie very disturbing in the final act of the movie. And at times it does make me feel uncomfortable to watch. I also was about to walk out the cinema as the movie became that uncomfortable for me to watch. Yes, that's right. It was one of those movies where I felt like as if I was going to walk out the cinema because it started to get that uncomfortable viewing for me uh you can also tell that this movie was filmed during the pandemic too as they don't use many on-screen characters and when they do uh apart from the odd scene here and there the characters you do usually see on screen are only two characters on screen at a time and you can also tell that the movie was filmed during the pandemic as the actors are spaced far apart from each other in between scenes I don't think uh, this will be a movie that I will be revisiting anytime soon because I found this one to be really weird and also very disturbing in some places too. I don't know what the messaging behind this movie was neither other than that men are really bad people and they treat women really badly, which isn't always the case. Uh, I also am surprised that this kind of messaging is coming from a male director, but then again, I think this movie 
is more aimed at the feminists out there. So wouldn't at all be surprised by this. Yeah. Um, so that's my thoughts on this movie, um, Men. It, like I said to my friend Kieran last night, okay, I said this to him. I said, it's one of those movies that I've seen once and I've seen it once. That's it. I, I, I'm not going to go back and, and watch it again because I don't think it's going to be one of those movies that I would happily go back and watch again. You know, like there's scenes of domestic violence in it. There's scenes of uh, sexual assault in it. There's... There's this really weird-ass birthing scene in it where basically these men are giving birth to each other. It is it's just so weird, okay? It is weird. It is messed up. Um, yeah. I can safely say I've seen that movie. I'm never watching it again, okay? Even when it becomes available to buy and keep on Amazon Prime or whatever, I'm going to see it. And I'm just going to scroll past it. I'm not going to buy it because I'm I'm, I've got no interest whatsoever in going back and revisiting this movie again. In all seriousness. And I think a lot of people have got that same kind of reaction as what I've got. And this is from a guy that can stomach horror movies. You know, he can... He, I can stomach horror movies. When I was growing up, I couldn't. But then, obviously, when I went to college and started learning about visual effects and special effects and stuff like that, I've now I'm now in that stage where I've dived into horror movies and I can't get enough of of horror movies because I do love watching them. You know, I do love watching them. I think they are great. You know, I have got like my favorite horror movie icon in the form of Michael Myers. I just love the fact that you know that character can never die. You know, but yeah. You know, this is a guy that can actually stomach horror movies. But for me, I felt like men wasn't just sending out a bad message about men in general, right? Because I feel like that's exactly how it was coming across as, is it was sending out a bad message about men in general. And it's like, well, that's not the case. You know, we're not all, we're not all sexual predators. We're not all, uh, you know, we're not all like domestically violent towards our partners, you know, we're, we're not all control freaks and stuff like that. No, you know, but it just seems like that's how the movie kind of portrayed what a man actually is. And it's like, well, admittedly, yes, you, there is men out there that, you know, sorry to say this, but there is men out there that are sexual predators. There is men out there that are controlling. There is men out there that are domestically violent to their partners, you know. That is a sad reality, yes, I know. But it doesn't mean that all of us, as as a man, we, we are all like that, you know? There are some kind-hearted men out there. Me, for example. Um, you know, yeah, it, it's just, it's just, yeah. It's just not, it's just not a great movie. It's not a movie that I would definitely go back and watch. Um, I mean, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I was speaking to one of my Instagram followers um because she posted a photo on her uh on her Instagram last night while I was talking um to my friend Kieran and I actually uh spoke to I said to him what she thought uh of the movie let me just bring up what she thought of the movie um so she said today I I went and watched men at the cinema uh, I didn't really know what to expect but I was intrigued by the trailer now you see this is the same as me right I didn't know what to expect from the movie you know I watched the trailer about a 
month or two ago. And I was like, hmm, okay, seems interesting. A movie done by A24. Okay, let's, let's give this one a go. Let's see what this one's like. Had I have known it was going to get that, had I known it was going to get that sort of messaging across, or had I have known that it was going to get really weird, I wouldn't have seen it. I really would not have seen it. But anyway, going on, um, she said, I didn't particularly like the movie. This is just my opinion. But it kind of seemed like it was basically saying that all men are the same, which is exactly what I've just said on the podcast as well. And I I felt like that as well. You know, when I came out of the cinema after feeling slightly uncomfortable, slightly disturbed by what I'd just seen, you know, I kind of felt like taken away from that movie. It felt like as if it was basically the messaging it was saying was, yeah, this is what a man is. You know, he's a control freak, a sexual predator. And he will he will hurt you. If you're a woman, he will hurt you, you know. Um, but yeah, so uh, but yeah, so she went, this is just my opinion, but it kind of seemed like it was basically saying that all men are the same and portrayed men in a negative way. There were some funny scenes, but for the most part, I was trying to process what I was watching. And I will admit, there was one particular funny scene which I thought was quite funny. It was basically where um, this, uh, where the main character was on the phone talking to her friend via video call, and she was showing her like around the the house, the cottage that she was staying at, and all of a sudden you you just see like this completely butt naked man, like looking through the windows and she just doesn't notice him (laughs) it is fun to be honest i will give them their credit that was a funny scene but you know other than that though i mean yeah it, it just weren't it weren't that great um i i then left a comment um actually i left a comment on her on her page and i said i also watched this movie this week at the cinema uh, in Bournemouth, I must admit, I really do agree with your opinion on the movie because I do feel like it came across as the same message as what you got out of the movie, where they're basically saying that all men are the same, which isn't the case, of course. I definitely was starting to question and process what the hell I was watching when it came towards the ending of the movie, though. I was on the verge of walking out the cinema. It felt too uncomfortable uh, to watch. She replied back saying, well, yeah, because there was that scene where they were all the same guy at the bar. She didn't acknowledge this because it was intended for the audience. And then that weird birthing scene. But I definitely felt this movie was very anti-men, or at least that's what I got from it. And I agreed, saying I definitely thought this too, especially as it was directed uh, directed by a man too. But that birthing scene and the scenes leading up to that birthing scene were definitely uncomfortable uh, viewings for sure. She said, I found that strange too, but that it was directed by a man. But imagine if the movie was called Women. This movie would get so much, I'm just going to put this politely, so much crap and get labelled as sexist. And I agree. I definitely do agree with you on that for sure. It would have been labelled as sexist and it would get so much controversy too. From my perspective as a man myself, I felt like this movie was painting a man to be a bad person. While I do agree that there are men out there who can be bad people, yes, but not all men are how they made them out to be in the movie. I'm a man and I would 
never bring harm to a woman myself. And it's just not in my nature and not something I would ever do is put a woman or any other person for that matter in danger. Um, yeah, and that that's basically the case. So, you know, it yeah, it, it really is not. I'm, I'm going to say this, OK, if you're looking at watching this movie, please don't, you know, honestly, I don't recommend it. I'm going to say that now as a as a as a fan of horror, you know. In a way, it is artistic in a way with like the way how they do body horror. I guess you could say they do body horror in an artistic way. And it is creepy in some places too, I will admit. Yeah, but um, it's definitely not worth going to see. I'll be honest. It is definitely not a movie. It is very... All honesty, I think it is a very controversial movie. Um, and the, the the messaging I get from it is... You're a man and you're basically an idiot. And you don't know how to treat a woman properly. You know? Which, which is wrong. It really is wrong. Um... Because I don't think that should be a message that should be thrown out there. Like, yeah, okay, I, I agree. There, are, there is bad people out there that you know. There are men out there that can be bad, but we're not all like that, you know. Um, so I do kind of disagree from that perspective. Um, yeah, it's it's just it is just interesting. It is just interesting to see. Um, but there we go. Uh, now this weekend I am going to be watching some movies. Um, and that's not men. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I am going to be watching some movies this weekend. So, uh, when I next do a weekly podcast, I will give you some thoughts on those movies. Um, what are the movies that I've been berating for weeks and weeks and weeks on end since March. Um, and it's a movie that I've not actually gone to see. Um, and I'm going to give it a watch this weekend, actually. Is in the form of Morbius. That's right. I've given in. I'm going to watch Morbius this weekend. Um, maybe on my iMac or something. Because, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm gonna give it a watch, and just uh, see how it is. So, it could be good, it could be bad. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We 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 will see. Um. Also, as well, by the way, this week, um, I purchased the movie X. On Prime Video. Because it is available to buy now on Prime Video. And I, yeah, I bought it this week. I literally saw it at the beginning of the week. It was listed on Prime Video. I was like, wait, can you buy it now? And yeah, you can. You can, you can buy, you can buy uh, the movie X on Prime Video. So I brought that. I'm going to give it a watch at some point um, over the next couple of weeks because I definitely want to re-watch it again. 
Um, I also recently purchased... Let me go into my stuff. I'm on Amazon at the moment. Uh, I also recently purchased... Um, uh, movies. There we go. Uh, I also recently purchased Bad Match. Because I love that movie. And I don't want to watch it with ads. Because you can watch it for free. But I don't want to watch it with ads. I want to kind of watch it without ads. And I have watched that movie before. And I thought it was bloody brilliant. So I brought that. I also brought The Suicide Squad. And The Batman as well. Because I love The Suicide Squad. The Batman is a cinematic masterpiece. That I definitely do want to go back and watch again as well. So... Yeah, definitely. Uh, I definitely will give that one a watch again. Um, and then, yeah, like I say, earlier this week, I also brought Dashcam and Host as well because um, those movies were were great. Those movies were absolutely great. Uh, right, okay, I'm going to end the podcast here because, um, well, first things first, it's um, round about that time. Oh, yeah, I was going to talk about the MacBook, weren't I? Let me very quickly talk about the MacBook. I'll very quickly talk about that. I do apologise. I was about to... I have got it lined up as well. Uh, because according to Bloomberg, Apple is planning a 15-inch MacBook Air, new 12-inch MacBook and MacBook Pro upgrades. Um, so following reports of a new 14.1-inch uh, iPad Pro coming next year, Apple is also reportedly developing new form factors for its MacBook lineup. According to Bloomberg, Apple is planning a 15-inch MacBook Air for 2023, as well as a new 12-inch laptop and upgrades to the 14-inch and 16-inch MacBook Pro models. The report says that Apple is working on a larger 15-inch MacBook Air that could be ready for release as soon as early spring in 2023. This comes after display supply chain uh, consultant analyst Ross Young also reported that 15-inch MacBook Air could be released in 2023. Today's report from Bloomberg explained that the 15-inch MacBook Air in development is a wider version of the 13.6-inch MacBook Air that Apple announced at WWDC this week. The company had initially considered releasing the 15-inch MacBook Air alongside the redesigned 13-inch model this year, but it shelved those plans to focus on the 13.6-inch version. There's also a new 12-inch MacBook in the works with Apple Silicon inside. Uh, Apple has already begun work on a new 12-inch laptop and is considering launching it launching it at the end of 2023 or in early 2024. If Apple moves forward with the release, it would represent the company's smallest laptop since it discontinued the 12-inch MacBook in 2019. Finally, these are upgrades. There are upgrades for the existing 14-inch and 16-inch MacBook Pros coming as soon as later this year. The new models, codenamed J4, uh, J414 and J416, aren't expected to be uh, radically new products, but rather updated versions of the existing MacBook Pro models with faster chips. The M2 Max chip in the next high-end MacBook Pros will include 12 main processing cores and up to 38 graphic cores, up from a maximum of 10 processing cores and 32 graphics cores in the uh, current models, Bloomberg reported. The new, MacBook, the new MacBook Pros could be released as soon as later this year, though Bloomberg cautioned that the timeline could slip to early 2023. The report also emphasised that Apple is continuing its work on a new Mac Mini and Mac Pro with more powerful Apple 
uh, silicon chips inside. So there we go. So uh, that's the latest on uh, some Apple tech news as well that I had to bring to you there. Uh, right, I'm going to wrap up this podcast here because obviously it's that time and I'm off to have a McDonald's very shortly. The new Italian range got released this week. So I'm going to have a Tiramisu McFlurry and also I'm going to have like a Italian stack or something from McDonald's. Uh, that's available between now and the 26th of July here in the UK. So there we go. Just thought I'd let you guys know. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's podcast. I'll be back with another podcast again for you soon. Uh, but until then, it's goodbye. Thanks for listening. And I will see you guys in my next weekly podcast. Steve's Weekly Podcast.